Hi everyone, this is Nicola Connolly Bourne here, the Personal Empowerment Specialist, and you are very welcome to my podcast, Soul Chats. This podcast tells the story of some of my clients and my colleagues' experiences before and during the start of their own personal and spiritual development journey. But most importantly, you'll get to find out what life is like now for them after they are doing the work consistently, persistently and insistently. Enjoy every single moment of these very personal and powerful stories. So it is my pleasure to introduce to you my friend, Gareth Riddy, and how he would like for me to introduce himself to you is author, healer, human upgrader, tone lowerer, and basically a potty mouth. Now, let me just explain that to you. I flew over to London to hear Gareth speaking. And the first time I met him, I didn't like him. I said to myself, this lad now, standing on stage, speaking about personal development, in that tone, couldn't know what he is talking about. And 30 minutes later, I was standing on stage beside him in complete and utter awe of what he had said. So let that be a lesson in never judge a book by its cover. Yes, he is a potty mouth, and that's how he's reared. It's similar to myself. I use the F-bombs like they're verbs and nouns. It's where I'm from. It makes me who I am. Now, I'm going to hand you over to Gareth, and we're going to start asking some questions and trying to pull out of him all that he knows advice-wise on personal development. Gareth, have I, have I covered it? Yeah, in, yeah. In how you are? Yeah, you have. Yeah, and that that was uh, a really beautiful. That made me feel a little bit warm inside. That shit. Oh, a little bit warm. Everywhere. That was nice. That was nice. Yeah, that happens a lot. You know, when I speak, I very yeah. often people are quite hostile at first, but but then I crack them. You do, Generally. and you crack me, and I'm a hard cookie to crack. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. Here we are. Look at you now. Now I'm like, I can't wait to get Garrett onto this podcast. He's got to be brilliant. <laughs> okay, let's get going. Okay, so with regards to personal development, before you started your personal development journey, now everybody, I want you to fasten your seatbelts. Before your personal development journey, what did life look like back then? Do you know... It's, it's really hard to say because I can't pinpoint when the journey first started. It's, it's, it's kind of been on and off for a very, very long time. You know, mm -hmm. like um, even when I was really little, when, when I was kind of like, you know, before 10, I was into um, the universe and shamans, all that, and druids and stuff. I was kind of interested in, in, in that aspect, the more internal stuff. But then life happened. So I got really bad into drugs. Um, you know, when I was 18 years old, I was living in squats, doing heroin, that type of shit. Okay. Uh, and then I started doing door work. I became a bouncer when I was 21 mm -hmm. because it was the first job that I could do without getting out of bed in the morning. Brilliant. <laughs> so like, honestly for you now. <laughs> we do that. Brilliant. I'll get around the pub. And, and uh, so that was really cool. But okay. it was also 
absolutely fucking terrifying. I mean, there's, okay. there's four main emotions you go through on the door work. Bored, terrified, hilarious, or occasionally disgusted. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes all of them. But there, I read a book called uh, Watch My Back by a guy called Jeff Thompson. And that book changed everything for me. Okay. And it was, it was about a guy... It was a, an autobiography of a guy who was a doorman. Okay. You read a lot of like these shit, these so-called hard men books, right? And this was the first one where the guy fully, fully admitted how terrified he was all the time. And he oh. really talked about fear and how important it is to come in, overcome fear and face yourself and all that type of stuff. And that was the very first kind of moment that things started to change. Excellent. But... Then I ended up with like then I ended up with like, the throat cancer and stuff, and then kind of fell down a bit, and then up a bit, and then yeah, and then it's kind of it's been up and down. You know what I think is hilarious about you? You've said two massive. Well, you've said a lot of massive things, but you've said two things. You said, you know, I was a heroin addict, and you know, I had a bit of the throat cancer, and you say it like as if you're saying to me, I'm just going down to the local shop to buy some milk now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's because it's it's just a. It's a, it's a chapter that's gone, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. just, it's part of the story, but it's not the story that I live in because it's gone. It just, yes. it's a part. Okay. So you choose not to focus on that. Yeah. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. Yeah. You're, you're not stuck in your old story. No. Oh, no. Fuck that. I'd be dead if I was, probably. Exactly. So victim mode is not part of your life. No. No. Okay. Definitely not. If it is part of my life, it probably is, if I'm honest. It's only in the moment until I realise and then it's gone. Yes. And that's really important for the listeners to know that all of these moments come. Yeah, definitely. And you have to allow them to be transitional, to move through it rather than hold on to them. Yeah. And for me, that's the difference between suffer and experience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there are times that we will suffer and we'll hang on. Of course we fucking will, but then acknowledge it and and let it go and and learn from it. Everything's a lesson, isn't it? It's either a lesson or you use it as an anchor and it fucks you up. Unfortunately, some people don't get the lessons and they just keep wallowing around in the same BS forever. Mm. You know? Okay. So I know you said that you can't pinpoint exactly the time when you started, when you wanted to choose to do personal development. But what Mm. brought you to the point of wanting to be better? Yeah. um, God, that is is really difficult to be fair. I mean, which, which one do I choose? So I became a personal trainer. So when, when I had the cancer, I didn't know I had it at the time, but I had like a big cyst come up in my neck and then it went down, then it came up and down again. And I, I had it lanced, taken out all that type of shit. And then the doctor said, surprise, it's cancer. And I had to go through all that. But at that time, before that, I was just getting into the gym. So I was getting healthier, fitter, realizing that I wasn't so held back by asthma, like I thought I was, all that type of stuff. So that really started to make me think, wow, I'm not this this asthmatic fat fuck that I thought I was actually having control over myself. Do you know what I mean? And that started to change. <laughs> and then the cancer happened and then it kind of happened after that. But I would say it going to the gym changed it because it showed that I had power over me. Yes. That I wasn't who I originally thought I was. Mm. And then eventually we're dropping that, the labels, Garrett. Yeah. You're yeah. Dropping the labels. Dropping the labels. And then that became my career. 
And through the course of my career in the gym, I was always learning more about mindset and spiritual development and stuff because I knew that that was a, a blocking people. You know, it's all very well saying lift that and lift that, but it's it's cosmetic, you know. And if you can't get to the root of it, there's only so far you're ever going to get with that. So that kind of really led it to me, led me down that path. Wanting to know more about my clients, but also really myself, if I'm fucking honest. Mm, 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 mm. And then um, what happened? Probably the big turning point for me was my mum, actually it was a huge turning point for me, was my mum died of cancer a few years back now. That's what, what, eight years, something like that. And at the time, obviously it was a very emotional time, but also it was a hands down one of the most beautiful experiences of my life. In fact, in fact, the, I'm going to say the, the top one, the top one. Okay, explain that, Gareth. Well, when you're, when you're with somebody that's dying and you know that they're dying, they know that they're dying, it leaves a very, there's an openness and a depth to communication that you just don't get normally mm. because we're all putting up our barriers and blah, blah. And it just, just wasn't there anymore. And mm. it, it was a real honour to have that kind of connection. Do you know what I mean? And because you know that she's going, nothing gets left unsaid, all that type of stuff. So, so it, was, it was a beautiful thing. I'd rather that than run over. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But also... For her, she spent her whole life thinking that she was ugly, that she was worthless, all this type of stuff. But, you know, very depressed Garrett. life, which came out much more towards the end. Hence yeah. why she was so ill most of her life. But it wasn't until the end that she realised that wasn't true and she realised she was loved. So had that not happened, she could have gone her whole life and never really truly experienced that. So, mm -hmm. so, so that in itself is a beautiful thing. You know? Okay. I just want you to pause for a moment and just understand that the, the magnitude of that for the listeners of this. Can we just get you to repeat the bit where you said that her beliefs of believing that she was ugly and unloved and all of those, you know, the negative side of ego bashing you on the inside of your head that you but and i know that this is you've written a book and i've read your book and your book is phenomenal and i give it to all i tell all my all my people you need to go and you need to do one-to-ones with garrett and you need to read his book that's what you need to do but yeah. this is kind of what your book is about it's that your thoughts like let's not under, underestimate the mind body connection do mm. so you fully believe that your mother's thoughts created the cancer in her body do you want to just explain that a little bit further yeah absolutely yeah yeah, so the long and short of it is that the mind and body aren't separate. They're, they're, we're just one organism, right? And, we, and when we are, when we are, so all organisms are either in a mode where they're going through growth and repair and they're taking them from the environment or that type of stuff, or they're in a mode where they're in defensive mode, they're dealing with the threat, all those resources no longer available for repair, for growth, for regeneration, essentially. All organisms be it an amoeba a fucking lettuce a panda a tree us doesn't matter what it is <laughs> we all do that on some level right now because we live in the modern world we are our basic needs are not being met on a very fundamental level because mm -hmm. we live very different lives to what we're actually made for we haven't changed as a species but the modern world is moving super fucking quick and it ain't stopping mm -hmm. But also our basic needs not being met, but we're massively neurologically overstimulated. So things come in at a much, much faster rate than we're made to take. Mm -hmm. And this all contributes to us being put in that threat mode, that stress mode, yep. essentially. And 
because things come in at such a rate, it leaves us our nervous system stressed, which means we don't have the available resources there to run our nervous system properly, repair, mm -hmm. regenerate, all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of the fundamental underlying principle of, of all modern illness, is the fact that our bodies have lost the ability to regulate because of A, we're neurologically overstimulated, B, we don't get what we need, and C, we tell ourselves a lot of fucking shit stories. Yes. And it all kind of sinks in. When you're in threat mode, you can tell yourself some shit stories. You know, when mm -hmm. you don't have what you need, you can tell yourself some shit stories. Yeah. And everything kind of links, you know, which came first, chicken or the egg, I couldn't fucking tell you. Yeah. But the point is that she had lived her whole life telling herself these stories. Yes. And making herself very ill as a respect, as a, as a result, meaning she didn't make the best health choices. Yes, you know? I hear you. Meaning that she beat herself up internally a lot as well. And mm -hmm. what is what is not expressed will come out physically, you know. Mm -hmm. There's a, a quote that I love, I fucking love this quote, from the Gospel of Thomas, from the old um, Dead Sea Scrolls, was uh, apparently Jesus said this, I don't know if it's true or not, but I fucking love it. If you mm -hmm. did, nice one, Jesus. If you didn't, mm -hmm. shame. Uh, and that quote is, if you bring forth, yeah, what if you bring forth what is within you, what is within you will save you. If you do not bring forth what is within you, what is within you will destroy you. Wow. Well, that's powerful. Yeah, exactly. And that's 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 basically the overarching thing, you know. That is powerful because I always say to my clients, any unresolved emotional issue will definitely manifest itself in the physical form. Mm, yeah, yeah. And the problem is, is we, because we're not in the environments we're made for, we're not moving around like we do, sunlight, uh, food, is the body cannot process stuff like it would naturally do. So we have a trauma, an emotional thing in the wild, in our normal natural environment, the body would do what it needs to do to A, overcome it, and B, survive and recover. Mm -hmm. But here, the body is not in its natural environment, which helps it process stuff. So stuff can... Mm -hmm keep running and running and running and running and running mm -hmm. and eventually the organism just breaks down yeah okay so let's not let that happen mm. let's get as many people as we can into investing in their own personal spiritual development so that that doesn't happen absolutely, absolutely. okay okay when you started your own journey mm. what was the beginning of that like feeling wise for you Do you know, I don't know, because it, it was never really a conscious choice. I feel like, looking back on my life, like I haven't had a fucking choice in any of it. Okay. Like, like it just kind of happened. It was, like, it, was like, it was like a compulsion. Because I had such a, an addictive nature, should we say, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I just now put it in something that was worthwhile. Mm -hmm. It was like... It, it was never like, I never looked at it like, wow, this is a path, this is for me, this is going to change everything. It was just like, I have to do this. I've got no fucking choice. I have to. Okay. And I ran with it. And then, and now I do it because the alternative is unthinkable to me. Okay. I like that. Can we speak about the addiction for a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I have a theory hmm. and I explain this to the majority of my clients because addiction can come in different forms. And when we think of addiction, we think of somebody lying on the street. Mm. But addiction is can be food. Addiction can be obnoxiousness. Addiction can be control. Addiction can be bought over the counter in your local pharmacy, you know? Mm. 
So I believe that we're all born with a titanium plate in our chests. And when, when we're born, life just kind of bounces off us. But through life experiences, our titanium plate becomes damaged. Mm. And we have holes and we have scars and wounds. And depending on the size of the hurt in which we incurred depends on the size of the hole in the titanium plate. And nobody pulls us aside, Garrett, when we're in school to say, listen, this is how you love yourself. This is how you respect yourself. And this is how you make yourself better and recover resilience wise from that hurt. So what we do when we're asleep is that we fill our titanium plate from the outside in with stuff that's going to numb us. Mm -hmm. Now, I also have a friend who um, became addicted to heroin. And it was only years later that I could see, you know, we were reared in similar environments. We had similar stories. However, the hurt that he incurred at the time was far more vast and wide than mine. So he had to go as far as becoming a heroin addict to try and numb that pain. Yeah. And what, what personal development does is, is you no longer fill your titanium plate from the outside in with numbing agents because that's temporary, it's short term, and you have to repeat the process over and over again. But when you do personal development and do it properly, that, that's filling your titanium plate properly from the inside out, and that's permanent. What do you think of that? Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, addiction comes in, in many forms. It's never about the thing. You know, no. it's, it's the hunt for the thing, whatever that may be. You know, for me, it started with shit food when I was a kid and, and I've been through, you know, Tipex thinners on the solvents, all that type of stuff, to yeah. weed, to booze, to speed, to heroin, to blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? And it's just one thing after another. And you're always just looking for a way to stop the discomfort of the world that you're in. Mm. It, it, it's the long and short of it. And for me, I, I grew up like my mum was a, a big binge eater and stuff anyway. So because I grew up around somebody who was essentially unhappy, I learned that. Yeah. And that, that was that was that was the world to me. So. You learned how to numb. Yeah, yeah. So it was inevitable. I didn't learn how to be happy. I didn't learn how to look after myself because she didn't know. Schools certainly don't fucking know. They're not there for yeah. that. Yeah. And then that was just a case of how, how it became. And it's still there. But I think now it's much more of a drive than an addiction, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. That being said, if I start, don't look after myself, I, I, I let the wheels fill off a little bit, then it will come back into play. And Absolutely. And it always comes back harder and faster. Yeah. But the far, the, how far I'm willing to let myself slip is much, much less. Because I've got Absolutely. a client. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's I, when you fall off the horse, how long are you going to stay in the deck? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not very long at all nowadays. Because if yeah. I feel shit, I do a shit work with my clients. If I do shit work with my clients, I'll end up having to get a real job. And then that'll be a massive disaster. <laughs> and I'll be on the streets in no time. <laughs> I love your honesty, Gareth. This is what I love you. Okay, okay. How long did it take for you before you saw results when you started to take care of yourself? Oh, straight away. Straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like when I first joined the gym, straight away, like within a week, I was like, fucking hell, I feel completely different. You know, so yeah, every single time, the change is always instant. Mm -hmm. But 
the, the, the thing is, is we, we are very adaptable as human beings, right? And that, and that is a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Is we is something becomes very normal, and it and we take it for granted that mm-hmm. it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Which which means that we forget how far we've come. Is yeah. one thing. So if we get really we get complacent or we get ungrateful or whatever it is. Or the other side of it is because we're so adaptable, is we don't realize how shit we feel. Yeah. And then we adapt to feeling shit, and then it moves and it moves and it moves, and before before we know it, we've lost our lives. Yeah. We don't even recognize ourselves anymore. That reminds me of um, Elania Van Zant when she says, your eyes will adjust to the level of deficiency present. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. <sighs> that's fucking good. Yeah, she's good. Elania Van Zant is good. Okay, so you know the way you were saying, um, I'm, I'm speaking from a, a personal and spiritual development point of view, and when I said that you take care of yourself, you immediately said, yeah, when I went to the gym. But I want to make it really clear to the listeners that when you go to the gym, it's the mind-body connection. Yes. That it's you're not only working on the physical self, but you're also working on the mental, emotional, spiritual side of you too. And mm. that it's all connected. There is no difference. No. No, you, you can't have one without the other, as far as I'm concerned. You know, you, you get people that go massively down the fitness thing, but they're not working on their minds. And the same other, you, you get people that are really into personal development, spiritual development, but they don't look after their bodies. And, they look and you that. pointed that out to me. Yeah. It was you who taught me that. Yeah. Because I was 100% all in, in the personal development and, and, and being relentless. But then I negated my physical health. Yeah. And, and it was and, you who pointed it out to me and said, Nick, you're going to be stumped in your spiritual development if you, if you continue to ignore your physical development. And that when you start your physical development, that will nurture even further your spiritual development. So I have to thank you for that. Well, glad to help. Glad to help. Yeah, it was there there are two sides of the same coin. You know, look at um Buddhist monks, Shaolin type stuff, super, super amazing bodies, super, super amazing spiritual, you know, and it's bringing the whole system together. And one of the things that I do as, as a practitioner when I'm working with my clients, getting them out of pain, healing, and all that type of shit is my whole job really, <clears throat> I've got one job and that is to make that person as coherent an organism as I possibly can. Mm. And by coherent, I mean how well organized their nervous system is, how well, uh, how organized their energy is, how organized their mental capacity is. Everything, mm. it's just, there's a rhythm to it. Yes. You know, and the secret is in how you resonate, you know. And that, that is everything. That, that is your entire, entire physical structure from your basic fucking tiny cell to atom to molecules to all yeah, that shit, yeah. all the way up to your mind, your heart, chakras, all that type of stuff, you know. Yeah. It's all about how well we resonate. And you can't just choose one thing. Mm. It's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Yeah, I hear you, brother. I hear yeah, you, brother. So far, otherwise. Yeah. And I, I, am, I am prioritizing right now my physical health. So mm. you'll, be, you'll be glad to know that I, I am listening. And I am learning from you. Yeah, okay. In your very vast and colourful lifetime, what has been your biggest light bulb moment? Oh, oh, hello. Oh. <laughs> Shit, where do I go with that? Um, my biggest light bulb moment was, I'm going to go with, one of the most impactful moments of my entire life mm-hmm. was fairly recently. Um, although I've had had a lot, which kind of changed me 
well, fucking hell, where do I start? But when I first started getting into getting people out of pain and stuff, and I started doing it, I, I did a few things online. I like put a thing on Facebook, I want four people to help get them out of pain to see if I could do it. Because I knew what I was doing, you know, face to face. And a woman come to me, I'm sure I've probably told you story before, but I haven't told you a podcast, I'm going to tell them anyway. Yeah, tell, tell. So a woman came to me who came from a friend of a friend and she had cancer in three places, uh, six months to live. Yeah. Yeah, w- w- was in a bad way. And my friend was like, do you think you can help get her out of pain? So well, let's fucking give it a go. Why not? Try it. You know. Let's try. You have to try. Yeah, so, so I had a go. And also because of the way that my mum went and seeing how much pain she was in, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I've got, I've got to give it a go, haven't I? And also when my mum died, I got some money from the sale of the house and I put a lot of that into my education, which drove me down that route anyway. Wow. So, yeah, so it was all kind of like leading to this point yeah. and also my own history with cancer as well. So it's, it's fucking hell, yeah. If I was to say there was one thing that was the biggest, most impactful thing in my life, a theme that has impacted me massively, I'd say cancer. Yeah. Most positive things happened to my life on more than one occasion. Pivotal. But anyway, so um, yeah, so we got out the first session, the pain dropped. The second session, the pain was completely gone. I was like, wow, this is fucking amazing stuff. You know, just doing like, like this on Zoom, essentially. And then I was having like a, a bit of a moral dilemma. Do I walk away? I knew she didn't have any money. Did I want to actually charge her anyway? Mm. Um, could I handle being with somebody going through that whole death journey? But in the end, I was like, it, it was, there was no choice to make. So I said to her, look, you got me to the end. I'm here. Let's just fucking need your pass. You're calling. It's what you're here for. Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can. So, so I did, you know. And um, yeah, it, it's, you know, like I said earlier, when you're with somebody that's dying, there's that openness to the relationship. So, so me and her, me and Mariella, you know, we, we completely fell in love with her spirit. Like the, the bond was so fucking deep. I, mean, it was, yeah. I was trying really hard to put it to the back of my mind what we were doing whilst we were doing what we were doing. <laughs> it, it, was, it was good. I was, I was managing to, to avoid it for quite a while. And then after about six weeks, something like that, she um, she had her first checkup at the hospital because they, they weren't really doing anything. They're like, okay, you're dying. You can't have any children. Yeah, they give up on her. Just, just turn up every now and then. Yeah. So she did. And then she messaged me that day. And uh, yeah, that was, oh, fucking hell, yeah. I was getting really stressed about it. So I was like, I ended up cancelling clients, getting really fucking stressed. I was like, fuck. I knew her appointment was like at one o'clock, something like that. Yeah. And at half one, I hadn't heard anything. I was like, uh, two o'clock, I hadn't heard anything. I was like, uh, it's getting more and more stressful, but also she's Brazilian, so very bad timekeeping. Um, and then by about quarter past four, I finally got the message in my WhatsApp. And like, by now, I'd wound myself up, but I'm good at Yeah. Fuck, she's going to die. I'll fuck up, blah, blah, all this type of stuff. And then it popped up in WhatsApp. Um, the doctor said, Two of the tumors had shrunk and the third had stopped progressing. Wow. And whatever I'm doing to keep on doing it. And I was like, whoa. Like, in that moment, everything fucking changed. Everything changed because yeah. up until that point, it was just about pain. It's just about helping out pain. That was it. And yeah. in that moment, it became about healing. It yeah. became completely different. You know? Shift to the was, energy. 
Oh, completely, yeah. It was like the universe tapped me on the shoulder. I mean, you do this now. I was like, fucking all right, whatever. Don't go on about it. <laughs> and uh, just ran with it and just like threw everything at it. I learned. I was, you know, and, it, it, and we got a better. It was long and short of it. And she's still alive today. You know? Yeah, well, to the point that I met her. You did meet her? Yeah, yeah. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, she was there, wasn't she? I did. So for the listeners, just so you know, Garrett told the story. And I was all in. And look, I, 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 I know it because I've seen it, you know, that cancer can be the biggest gift that can be given to a person. And I know that that might be a bitter pill to swallow for a lot of people, but I've seen it. Mm. And Garrett tells this story and I'm, I've shivers all over my body. I'm crying. And then he introduces Mariella and she was literally sitting to my left hand side across the other side of the auditorium. And she stood up. And she was there and she was real and she was yeah. alive and she looked well and she spoke and it just for me it was a miracle moment but mm. it also was the power of love and it was the power of understanding and it was the power of understanding the mind-body connection yeah. and also that was when I dropped my judgment for you <laughs> sweet yeah yeah it was a beautiful thing yeah and it, it was it, a very it was healing stunning. moment for everybody in the room Garrett I think mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes I underestimate how big that is. Do you mean? And then I stop and I think, I think, start welling up and shit. I think, wow, that's fucking. Yeah, like it's very hard for people that are outstanding at their work, like you were. It's very hard for. I think it's hard because I see it all the time for people to fully own that. Yeah. You know, like the work that we do keeps us humble. Ego is in check. We're not running around rah rah shouting our own can. Other people are doing that because of their results with us. But I want you to take a moment to just accept and own the fact of what Garrett really means and what that name means and all of your the inherited values from your people around you and all of your experiences and how important that is in this time. Like your work is so important, Gert. Yeah. No, you can I imagine. am beyond grateful to have you in my life. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I really am. Yeah, it's been a journey. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. That. Because I've 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 been able to call on you a couple of times. Yeah. You know, when I've needed help personally, or if you're going to speak to people in, in my groups or whatever it might be, or for this podcast, and the answer is always yes. Always yes, always yes. Always yes. It's where do I sign up? Um, that's the mark of the man. That's the mark of the man for sure. <laughs> okay. Moving on swiftly. Now, what is your daily spiritual practice? My daily spiritual practice. So... I get up. That's always important. Um, what I tend to do when I'm good, when I'm, when my morning routine is nailed. So I've got like a a document which I created of things that I want in my life. Where it has like quotes that I live by. It has um, you know why I'm doing what I'm doing, where I'm going, that type of stuff. Like a big thing. So I read it first thing in the morning. I play a certain music that I'm anchored to, so that makes me emotional and stuff. And from there, I'll do a little bit of visualization, meditation, and whatever I feel needs it. 
and then my and then I generally go to the gym. Okay. And then I'll come back and do my clients. So then I normally do a bit of meditation throughout the day. Um, I may do some journaling. I may write just because I, I have a compulsion to write. And then okay. I work through. I'll do my treatment on myself. Work through whatever I need to work through. Meditate mm-hmm. like a motherfucker out of bed. Okay. So what I love about that is that you created a document for yourself, and I have created a document for myself. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Loving the whole visualization thing. Because mm. I would use visualization a lot in my life. And I okay. love the fact as well that you said that you have a p- pieces of music that you're anchored to because it, cre- it invokes an emotional reaction. I have a mm. file on my phone of my go-to that I either watch or listen or read. Yeah. And that's very important. And I'm going to be doing this um, complimentary challenge that's coming up about self-care. And it involves that file that I created. So I'm going to be getting people to go and create their own files of stuff that speaks to them. Yeah. Because, and I know that you'll totally understand this. If Neil and I and my husband are watching something that we're learning from and I'm frantically writing notes and then I stop, I used to look at him going, why is he not writing that? Yeah. And then he'd be writing when I wasn't writing. And it took me years to, well, it took years ago, it took me years to work out they're not his lessons. They're not my lessons. Yeah. So it's very important that people create their own files for them because what speaks to you might not speak to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. You know, there's, there's so much fucking shit around up, you know, as I say, our industry. Well, yeah, fuck it. The personal development industry, the health yeah. industry is templates, template this, template that, follow these steps, blah, blah, blah. It's fucking bullshit, you know? Yeah. There's general guidelines, great, happy days, but ultimately you've got to make it about you, about yourself, about how you resonate. I love the fact that you've said that because there is no, if there was the 10 commandments of this is how you do personal development, sure, we'd all be doing it. And the people who do that upset me. So it's very important for me that there's fluidity for letting people find their own. You can give them the guidelines. This is what I did, but you go and make your own now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Empowerment. That's what empowerment looks like. Okay. What are your main go-to tools when you're having a wobble? My main go-to tools? Um, Well, what I do, which is cheating, because I'm I'm my own practitioner, so it's fucking cool. Um, What did you say? What I well, because I'm my own practitioner, like my own tools that I use, so they're they're, I'm cheating a little bit, so that's not really helpful for anybody. so I will, nature is a big one. Yeah. I, I mean, get myself out in nature. Um, a heart coherence, I love heart coherence, but sometimes I need to lower my stress levels down to get to heart coherence. Mm-hmm. It's not always that easy. And music, you know, mm. maybe I'll put some music, I've, I've got like a smell that I'm anchored to. Um, and I'll do that to start shifting my state and I'll maybe I'll get outside in nature, surround myself by trees, just, lay down and just fucking cry. Who knows what I need to do? Love it, love it, love it. Okay. I'm anchored to the smells as well. Mm. And there's a client of mine actually who schedules in crying time every week. Really? And it's a guy. Oh, amazing. Yeah, love that. Okay. So what advice from all the tools that you have now, and you have vast tools, Gareth, Mm. what advice would you give to your younger self right now? Um... My advice to my younger self would be learn to trust yourself okay. more, 
more than anything, you know. And stop fucking comparing. That's the big, big fucker. Okay. So, so the trust is the gut. Yeah, it's just aligning the trust, the head, the heart, the head, and the, and the gut. When they become in alignment, it's good, isn't it? Mm. You know, when you're younger, oh. you're so conditioned to follow everybody else's shit. And because I was incapable of following everybody else's shit, I hated myself. Yeah. You know? And when I realized that that shit was never going to be my shit, when mm. I found my shit, yeah. I love myself. Love it. I was just trying to live somebody else's story, and it was wank. Yeah, love it. Love it. Okay. So the trust is the gut and the coherence. And then the comparing is dropping the ego. Dropping the ego, yeah. Yeah, and just realizing that other people's stories aren't for you. If it doesn't mm. feel right, it's not right. Mm, mm, the body mm. never lies. The body Learn never lies. Never. Okay. lies and justifies. The body never lies. Love it. Okay. What does your life look like now? Um, sit on the sofa. Chat to lovely people on the internet all day fix people up so my life is pretty pretty quiet you know i get up i do my thing i go to the gym i come back i try and keep as chilled as i can be so i live right in the town center so i'm right in the chaos so it's like a you know a mentally ill person being arrested by police about 10 minutes ago outside of crackheads okay. everywhere well a miscreant okay. and um i'm in my own little place place of zen within the middle of it which i love i love that contrast of being yeah. there's people there's what i was the fucking life that i lived and i'm right amongst it and it's just seeing people in all their forms i fucking love it anyway um yeah that that's basically my life you know i don't really do a lot i may go eat food may go walk in nature because i'm near some close to some parks meditate a lot you know i'm not very rock and roll I'm not very rock and roll because rock and roll comes at a price. No, I'm not willing to yes, it does. Are you happy? Yes. I'm, yeah, I'm more content now than I ever have been. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. That's important. Well, I know that you're happy, but it's important for me that people know that you're happy. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm living me. You know, I'm, I'm creating the things that I want to create. I'm learning what I want to create. I'm very, very ridiculously protective of my energy, you know. Mm, mm, it took me a long time to think that I was worth that. I was a big people pleaser for years. Yes. Yeah, people pleaser. Okay, so people pleaser. So you're living your life for you. I am living my life for you, but also it is entrenched in other people and doing good for other people. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I think it's impossible to live life for, for just yourself, but also people pleasers. Although they're living the life for other people, they're doing it for themselves to try and make themselves feel better and to try and manipulate that person to loving them and, and all Absolutely. that stuff to feel safe. So. But in order for you to be happy, Garrett, do you think that it's right that you go from being the people pleaser to then having to prioritise yourself, to mm. learning how to prioritise yourself and then being able to extend yourself to others? Absolutely, yeah. I prioritise myself so that I can do good work so that I feel like I'm doing good work, so that I don't end up having to get a real job. Be fucking wank. Um, <laughs> your job is more real than you're giving a credit for, I can tell you. Uh, yeah, so I'd have to have a boss, is what I'm saying. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, so if you were faced with somebody now who was making all the excuses under the sun of the reasons why they don't have the time or the energy or the money or the sun wasn't alignment with the stars that day, in order for them to invest in themselves to do personal development, what would you say? Mm. Uh, I probably wouldn't say anything, just nod. All right, okay. 
cool you know um yeah well, that's tough isn't it because it's, it's so hard people are on different levels and stuff you know but, but isn't, well, it, isn't it fascinating gareth that you know i know that you would have this experience as well because i would with clients is that sometimes people approach it and they think that you can do the work for them yeah because people either want to change or they want to want to change yeah they do and i won't work with people like that yeah i mean i'm quite quite fortunate that because i come here from a different angle i come here from how the nervous system and the body is operating so i'm underneath the mind almost if i can settle the nervous system down take the nervous system out of threat mode then that allows the brain to have resources available to tackle the issues that it, that it needs to tackle. Do you know what I mean? So, so because I, I work at a slightly different angle, I mean, you know, an operating systems type thing. Yeah. But there are always ways of thinking, you know, and there's kind of two things that I, that I really want to probe in people. And that is, uh, what are you blaming? You know, because blame is an anchor, fucking anchor. So as long as you blame, you're taking away your ability to fucking move. Finger I mean, pointing finger pointing and the other thing is uh who do you need to forgive you know which the two go hand in hand very often it's themselves very often it's family whatever it is the two go hand in hand as long as you're holding on to that little emotional charge in your body that will disrupt your entire physiology and and it will change how you that's another form of addiction Gert. absolutely yeah of course it is another form of addiction okay so listen Tell everybody the name of your book that I read on the way home on the plane, the train, and then the plane, and then the automobile that got me home. Yeah, yeah, the book. Uh, I keep forgetting I wrote that. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> I should do more of that. Yeah, how to undo the shit the modern world does to us is the name of the book. You can how get on to undo the shit that the modern world does to us by Garrett Riddy. How to undo the shit. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. It was a fascinating read. I drank it up on the way home. Yeah, awesome. awesome. So where can everybody connect with you? Where would you like people to connect with you on social media? Um, I am my most active on Facebook. That, okay. That's where, where I'm at, because I like writing long stuff and other sites don't like it quite so much. So I get a little bit carried away with my thumbs. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I am on Instagram, not as much. But Facebook is the place to be. Just come okay. back Okay. Or my website, garethreddy.com, but that won't, that'll tell you some stuff. The action's on Facebook at the moment. Okay. Well, Gareth Riddy, thank you so, so much for your time. Um, every time I speak to you, I learn something new and your energy just fills me up. And I'm sure that it's going to fill up my audience's energy as well. So well, I appreciate your time. Namaste to you. Namaste. I adore the bounds of you. And I'm looking forward to doing this again sometime soon. Absolute fucking honour. You, you, you made my day. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you thoroughly enjoyed getting an insight into what spiritual and personal development looks like. If you would like to join our Soul Work community, you can do that through my website, which is nicolaconnellyborn.com. I would love for you to connect with me on any of the social media platforms by searching with my name, Nicola Connolly Born. I really hope you enjoyed our soul chats. Take care and have an absolutely fantastic day.